and welcome to the Celtic View podcast brought to you in association with Eden Mill. And thanks as always to Eden Mill for their continued support of Celtic and indeed this Celtic View podcast. I'm delighted to be joined in this episode by Celtic FC Foundation's Chief Executive Tony Hamilton. Tony, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you very much, Paul, for having me on. And I suppose the first question that I want to ask you is, is basically how are your family coping with having you at home all this time? I mean, it really is a strange phenomenon for everybody because I'm not normally here for any great periods of time. And I think they are finding it quite difficult to adjust to the rules. Like, the living room is now my office, so please don't come in and eat your breakfast and put the telly on while I'm, uh, while I'm trying to work. I mean, as, a, as you say, it's a challenge for everyone, but, you know, particularly for the sort of work that you are doing and, and the rest of the team and the foundation, it's probably never been more important that the kind of work that, that you guys are doing, given this, the situation and the impact it's having on everyone. I think if this were to have happened even 10 years ago, it would have been fairly impossible for anything to, to be getting done. But we live in a, a very connected world, as you know, uh, I think demonstrated by the fact that the three of us are in different locations. We've got Peter recording and you and I are chatting from home and, and you know, that and so many other things are now possible because of technology. So, uh, you know, in many ways we can bemoan the fact that we're stuck at home, but we're healthy to this point and we're still able to function. Yeah. And one of the things, obviously, you know, once this whole crisis really kicked in, one of the first things Celtic FC Foundation did was set up the Football for Good Fund to raise money to help people. Because one, one of the things I think it's important, well, you hear commentators saying, it's kind of obvious that the virus, uh, it's no respecter of, of different social groups, etc. The impact is sort of worse, I think, for people that are already vulnerable and, and that you were already helping through various projects. Yeah, I think there's, uh, I think before, what we've did here is a, a few things. We haven't deliberately asked anybody for money to help with this. We've put in some money uh, from the foundation directly. We've had some other people contribute to that uh, who have stepped up, some people within the, the football club, uh, some other people that are, are close to us and support what we do, and various other people across the world. So we haven't asked anybody directly to fundraise yet because of what's going on. And, you know, I said last week, people are worried about their health and they're worried about their job and various other things. So it's probably not the right time to ask. So, that, so that's the first thing we've done, that we've done. I think the second thing is that we've concentrated on providing food, working with partner organisations to provide food for people. There would be many people who, even just a few weeks ago, life would have been normal for them, uh, uh, you know, they'd uh, had an income, they'd uh, been able to provide for themselves and their families, and all of a sudden that's taken away. So we went back to our, our partners, we've identified those who are most, or who are best equipped to go and put food on people's tables, and those are the lead to this point. Celtic website, I know the first two recipients of funding has been Glasgow's Golden Generation and also Fair Scotland and dealing, you know, partly in the local community around Celtic Park, but obviously just helping, say, I think Glasgow's Golden Generation deals with over 55s. Fair Scotland are, are dealing with, I think it stands for Family Action in Rogerfield and Easterhouse. 
uh, delivering food hampers, which again, foundation monies help to fund? Yeah, I think, you know, food, as I've, I've, I've mentioned, is the, the priority. And we've got a particular interest in, in three main groups, which you might think would cover the majority of the population. But really, we're interested in uh, in pensioners. We normally deliver a lot of dementia care projects in Glasgow and Edinburgh, and they've been curtailed. We're interested in families, especially families with young children. Uh, and we're interested in the homeless community and we work with many partners. So I think we've probably got 20-something partners identified, predominantly in Glasgow, but some in London, uh, one in Auburn, two in Belfast, one, I think, in Dublin, one in Newcastle. Uh, and we're looking at some international stuff for next week as well because Celtic's not a local parochial organisation and Celtic FC Foundation throughout the year travels internationally to go and deliver projects and to fundraise. So it's right that we that we look closely at those places as well. So that's the type of thing that we're on at the moment. In terms of, obviously you mentioned already that you know you haven't got out and just asking people to fundraise. There's obviously difficulties involved in that as well, but in what ways can, can people support the foundation's work and through the football for good funders is there anything that you're you're looking maybe people could get involved because i know a lot of people who will still want to help what you guys are doing i think if people want to put some money in uh, then we've set up a couple of fundraising pages for that which we haven't uh, we haven't launched as an appeal the way we would do the christmas appeal for example but we've published them through Celtic FC Foundation social media channel. So that's probably the first thing. It becomes a wee bit more difficult for people to go out and volunteer because uh, there's a couple of challenges associated with that. Obviously, there's protected people and vulnerable groups, but the government advice is stay at home and protect the NHS. So we're trying to do as much of this work and have as few people as possible actually on the street, although we know that that, that we have to do that. Uh, we're very close to announcing as well that we're going to do something uh, which we said we would do and it's taken us a wee bit longer than we would have liked, but we're almost there now. We're going to do something in terms of feeding frontline NHS staff uh, and that's likely to be at Glasgow Royal Infirmary and I'm hoping that we can announce that either at the end of this week or the, or the start of next week. I think, I think it's one of those things, and I know that's been one of the, the things that the Foundation have been keen to support and get involved in right from day one. I, I think it's obviously a lot of people already appreciate what people working in the NHS and in the front line of health services and social care services do, but this has really highlighted it, I think, and it's it's important, you know, that the Foundation are, as you say, doing what they can to support the people who are, are putting themselves in that front line. I mean, uh, I think the NHS would be the biggest employer in the UK, uh, I don't know whether that's true or whether I've just made that start up, but it, it feels like it, it should be true. Uh, there are hundreds of thousands of people there, many of them on the front line, um, many of them putting their lives at risk. We've lost a lot of people, nurses, doctors, various other people who work in that front line service. And while you and I have got the luxury of being able to work from home and have very limited travel other than emergency supplies, these people have to get up, invariably take public transport, uh, travel, work 12-hour shifts and, and, put, and put, you know, put their lives on the line, I think. And that's no exaggerating things or overstating them, and that's exactly what's happening. 
uh, it's happening in my family. I'm sure it's happening in families uh, across the land. And we, sh you know, this is maybe a big, big part of the population that we might have taken for granted at one point. Uh, I'll never take these people for granted again, if I'm honest. I suppose in terms of the, the, the foundation's wider work, that you know, given the, the different projects and the different groups across all sectors of society you've been working with, it's it's obviously a difficult for, for the foundation at this time because you've had to pull all that back. But also for the people who are maybe it's been a lifeline, it's been something that have been that's been really helpful for them. That's that's a difficulty as well. Yeah, all, all the all the stuff that we've done for a number of years, the Down syndrome, autism, employability stuff, the dementia care, which I've mentioned, various other things that uh, social inclusion projects that are happening. Uh, you know, Easter holidays. We should have been running Easter games in various places uh, in the next two weeks. These things have all stopped, and I think the team, to their credit, have put in something like 600 calls in the last couple of weeks to individuals, participants that we would normally deal with, and to uh, organisations that were close to and maybe not working with directly through the Football for Good Fund, but still have a relationship with. And uh, just to make sure that people are okay, that they're safe, that they've got somebody to speak with. And uh, so we're trying to. Uh, deal with the here and now as everybody is. The priority is health and food. And then we're also running parallel with that. We're looking at what the future might look like, what the new normal could look like for everybody and and you know what and when we'll we'll pick back up and the on the stuff that we've had to press pause on. Yeah, and I suppose I think for Celtic fans as well, and I know I've I've heard you saying, you know, it's, it's one of the things you always say whenever you're doing any of these speeches, it's the charit charitable aspect of Celtic it's in our DNA. It goes right back to our formation, and it's really at the heart of what Celtic FC Foundation does. So, whenever any of these stories announce and support on various different projects, I think Celtic fans definitely there's a real pride that the foundation's doing what Celtic is meant to do. I, I think the, the Celtic, I've said this as well many times, Paul, that the, the Celtic fans never get enough credit for what they do, whether they do it directly for the foundation or whether they do it in a, you know, a food bank collection or a Green Brigade food bank collection or for a, a you know, maybe a kid that, that's got some health issues and needs some help at home. There's loads of stuff going on like that all of the time in various parts of the world and this has been no different. There's a another podcast. Well, we're not short of a Celtic podcast, thankfully, through this period, but I was on another one last week, the By the Minute, uh, and they had a fairly spontaneous collection amongst their listeners to help with the Football for Good Fund and they've raised, I think, almost £8,000 in the space of a week or so. Uh, and that that's a credit to the to the Celtic supporters. Yeah, I think you saw that even, uh, I think it was at the weekend on Twitter, there was a, a Lisbon, a programme from Lisbon that was signed by, I think, 10 of the Lions that went up just in an auction and ended up raising money for, for the foundation as well, which, again, as you say, it's just that kind of generosity, a, a spirit of the fans. Yeah, absolutely, and, uh, and the platform that put that up and the guy who, who donated it to us is a big supporter and... Uh, I've exchanged some correspondence with the, the guy uh, who bought it, who wants to remain anonymous. Uh, I actually met him in uh, a game in the boardroom about two months ago, and this is just 
the again it's another example of how kind and 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 how determined people are to help. Yeah, and and every story we put out there's also there's an email address which is CFC Foundation at CelticFC.co.uk and people can get in touch with you that way and, and you know some of your team will respond depending on you know what the query is as soon as soon as they, they possibly can. So that's the kind of I suppose that's the contact for the foundation at the moment. Yeah, and you can contact us through social media as well, uh, through the foundation social media, through my Twitter feed, uh, and we're we're delighted to engage with people. We're, you know, we welcome engagement. Uh, we encourage people to tell us if we can help them with anything. I'm not sure that we can help everybody with everything, but we'll try and help as many people as we can, uh, and we'll we'll do that. Thankfully, we can do that remotely at the moment. And in terms of the, the football, to, you know, I'm speaking to you in the same days that the club have announced their Player of the Year awards nominees and, and given fans a chance to vote for that. That's a player tough one, isn't it? Well, I was going to say, I know from Player of the Year, I know you're a player of every year as Tom Rogic, as anybody who follows you on social media will know. But... McGregor now to Forrest, ahead of him is Edward. he's onside, he's running in from a left position, the cutback is there, and the goal is there, and Tom Rogic has got the equaliser in injury time for Celtic. Well, we came here looking for three points, but wow, we will take one. What that point might mean is Celtic increasing their lead at the top of the table from 12 to 13 points. Hamilton are still winning at Ibrox. In terms of this season, I mean, it's been a phenomenal season. Who, if anyone, would you pick as, as your player of the year? Um, I think there are a few standouts this year. I think French Eddie needs to be up there. Um, I, I often wonder what we would be like as a football club if we never had Scott Brown. And uh, it's never really anything spectacular with Scott, but it's 100% commitment 100% of the time. And he's a great leader. Uh, he's become a great leader off the park as well, I think. And then I think people like Callum McGregor and James Forrest have had standout seasons as well. So uh, I know we're only 78.9% through the season at the moment, but they <laughs> but they would be, th those four would be serious contenders for me. Yeah, you know you only realise you're only allowed to vote for one of them, but, but you're just kind of sitting on the fence. I'll just vote for Rogic then. <laughs> In terms of the goal of the season, uh, I was talking to, to John Kennedy about this and there's obviously been a few good goals, but I think for emotion, uh, you, you can't go past Olivier's goal in Rome, just for, for the significance of that, really. 60 seconds of added time remaining. The ball's knocked across and they've given it away. Good Celtic score in the last minute. Again, Callum McGregor. It's a chance for Elton, for Incham, Incham, he scored! Olivia Incham has created Celtic history and Celtic have won in Italy for the first time ever! Olivia Incham with a goal, unbelievable, it's unbelievable! Celtic have won! Incredible scenes from Celtic from Olivia Incham, he is the coolest man in the Stadio Olimpico, he didn't seem to break a sweat, break his stride. 
as he stuck the ball into the net. You can see what it means too. The Celtic fans behind the goal to the Celtic technical area. 2 0 Lennon to us in the press area here. Celtic again capitalising on an error from Lazio the bag also Edward cool as you like as well looking to see the pass Elevencham takes a touch and puts it by the goalkeeper fantastic from the Frenchman brilliant from Celtic well it's a miracle because Hattie we go off his sick bed and race down the track side along with all the other substitutes Lazio will have no time to get this game underway Celtic lead by two goals to one in Rome and they are about to go top of the table with 10 points. They are going to be heading through to the last 32. As it stands, Olivia and Charm, the hero. But it's been every Celtic player the hero tonight. I think, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not had a major impact on our season. Uh, certainly not had any impact domestically. But for the, you know, for the the whole emotional thing as you've mentioned, and and for just to be able to have the tagline "Rome conquered" on its own was just a, a, a phenomenal moment, absolutely phenomenal moment. And would that be? Is it a particular highlight you've had of the season so far? Or would would it be Rome, or is a? We've obviously had, had won the league cup. We, we won at Ibrox as well. We've had, there's been plenty of highlights. I think uh, I think the Rome thing stands alone. Uh, I, I said to you and anybody else that would listen a year ago that it was great to win. Uh, you know, it would be great to go and win the Scottish Cup again. It was lovely to win the League Cup, but the priority as we went into this season chasing uh, nine in a row uh, was obviously to go and 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 win the league. And I think to get to get off to a, a great start, even at the start of the season, and I, I, you know, beat St Johnston so convincingly in August, and then obviously beat Rangers at the start of September. That I think that that set the tone, and that that will remain the priority for me as a, a as a Celtic supporter is just to get the league over the line, and you know, and and however we can do that, I think in the in the next couple of weeks. Certainly, fingers crossed for that. But I mean, certainly Neil Lennon's this season, his team's been phenomenal, even in terms of, I think we've scored 141 goals across all competitions, which is, I think, 37 more than last year, which just shows you the kind of form and, and the way that they've played this year. I think at the height uh, of Brendan Rodgers' time, uh, you know, it, it became quite unbelievable each victory. And you know, I didn't ever think it would get would get any better. Uh, but there's a strong argument to say that this season, in particular, that the football has probably as good as it as it's ever been for me as a Celtic supporter. And it's yeah, just yeah. A, it's just a shame. Obviously, there's a a more a more important impact than what's happened here and. You know, society across the world is effectively ground to a halt. But uh, I think the timing uh, was really, really unfortunate. If you're purely looking at it through football terms, because it's been it's it's been quite unbelievable this season. Yeah, and as you say, hope, hopefully, I think everybody's hoping that sooner or later everything will get back to to normal or, or whatever the new normal is, and we can get back playing football and and, and watching Celtic again. It, it would be good. It really would be good, and I think the club are on record as saying this. It would be good if we could, at some point, whether it's 
May, June, July, whenever would be to finish the games and and get us over the line and and go and complete the thirty eight games and and win the league. We're thirteen points clear. I don't think there's any doubt that we're going to win the league at this point, but it would be good just to do it uh, the way that we set out to do it at the start of the season. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, listen, Tony, thanks for your time. For anyone for listening again, remember you can get in touch with the foundation, CFC Foundation at CelticFC.co.uk or through social media platforms as well. Uh, keep up the good work, Tony, and uh, my best wishes and commiserations to your family for having to suffer you in, the, in your <laughs> living room office every day. Paul, thanks very much. And can I just say thanks to the to the listeners and to the readers of the of the view uh, for the their support, not just through the the Football for Good fund, but but throughout uh, throughout this season. And I should also mention that that we're really close to uh, to Eden Mill as well. And I know they're sponsors of this, and we're working with them. They've they've diversified as many of us have at the moment. They're they're looking at hand gel uh, and uh, getting manufactured, and we're working with them in terms of getting some of that out to some of our partner organisations. So. Well done to them as well and and thank you.